I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas with another installment of Throwback Thursday. Chronic Pyelonephritis from Beginning to End There was a time when chronic pyelonephritis was quite common and diagnosed quite commonly. Books were written about it and many autopsies and renal biopsies were diagnosed as chronic pyelonephritis. It was everywhere. When investigators like Paul Kimmelstill and Robert Heptonstall and others cultured the kidneys, they failed to find evidence of active or chronic infection, and many of the patients were not known during life to have evidence of urinary tract infections, much less involvement of the upper tracts, which of course is often difficult to determine clinically. Something was suspicious. Ramsey Cotran of Harvard attempted to find bacterial fragments in the kidney, but his findings were less than successful, according to some. Finally, it was discovered that the kidney reacts in a limited fashion to a thousand different insults. There certainly was an entity of acute pyelonephritis following urinary tract infection, but chronic pyelonephritis was becoming suspect as a common diagnosis. Lymphocytes in the interstitium of the kidney might not just be a sign of chronic pyelonephritis. Indeed, it was found that the former classic findings of so-called chronic pyelonephritis, such as interstitial inflammation, tubular atrophy, paraglomerular fibrosis, and thyroidization of the tubules were not specific or pathognomonic for chronic pyelonephritis and were found in a number of other renal diseases, as I discovered when asked this question by a world-renowned pediatric urologist who eventually became my provost at a university. In essence, there was nothing to be seen histologically that was absolutely indicative of chronic pyelonephritis with standard sectioning. With this knowledge, the incidence of chronic pyelonephritis decreased tremendously. Robert Hiptonstall and Anthony Risden separately determined the best method for making this diagnosis of chronic pyelonephritis appropriately. Risden, with his experiments on pigs, one of the few animals besides humans with multiple renal papillae, that is, most animals have a single papilla on each side, showed that ureteral vesicle reflux with infected urine refluxing up the ureter would inflame the renal pelvis, and if chronic, would lead to deformation of the renal pilocalocele system with destruction of the medullary ducts of Bellini, and thus destruction of the nephrons flowing into these collecting ducts with the typical U-shaped broad-based scars. For the diagnosis of chronic pyelonephritis, there needed to be evidence of urinary tract infection and destruction of the pilocalocele system. One must open the kidneys in the correct way at autopsy in order to visualize the entire renal pelvic system with the U-shaped scars, which by themselves could also be caused by vascular disease itself. As a result, the diagnosis of chronic pyelonephritis is now not very common. So that's where chronic pyelonephritis went. <music>